Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Today, I am joined by a very exciting guest. If you are an agency owner, you've probably heard of this company. It's called High Level, and it helps over 20,000 agencies in our space make more money in all kinds of ways, helping them get more clients, but also helping them automate a lot of things that they do in their client delivery. And I'm joined today by the CEO and founder, Sean Clark, who's going to help us learn about in a very important and often overlooked metric in retention, especially if you have recurring services. So with that, Sean, thank you so much for making the time to be here with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And I'm excited about today's topic because I don't think we've gone deep on it before. And it's funny. I come from the software world. You're also in the software world. And it's like you can't go to any meetup. You can't talk to any entrepreneur without hearing the word churn come up over and over and over again. We obsess over this metric of churn, which has to do with how many clients we lose, especially on recurring contracts. But it's not something that I see a lot of focus on in the agency space. And so I really, really am looking forward to digging into this because I think it can be an unlock for a lot of our listeners. Before we dig into all that, I want to give you an opportunity to, in your own words, describe what you're doing at high level um, and how you got here. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's really simple. So we we help agencies uh, scale, grow, um, uh, reduce churn, get become a lot more profitable. And uh, and honestly, we got here because we were kind of on a mission to try to help small businesses. And in that in that on that journey, we learned that you know the the real unsung heroes of of small business success are agencies. And 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 so we realized that if you really want to help a a business, you really want to help an agency. <laughs> and so we we literally have uh, we only sell to agencies and have for a very long time now. Um, so that's that's us. And let's talk about retention. Um, let's first define it. How do you sure. define retention when it comes to your agency clients and why should they be focused on it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that this is actually the biggest problem uh, in the agency space by a long shot. And it, it, it's really simple, right? So agencies understand how hard it is to get a client. And, you know, the day that you lose that client, um, that, that's, that's churn by definition. And I think that's, that's really um, something that I think to some extent has become something of like a assumption in the agency space. Like, oh, yeah, well, I'm just, it's just going to happen, right? Versus like you alluded to in the software space, we're, we're sort of thinking all the time, like, no, 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 how do you stop this from happening? How do you make this like a non-issue? Or, or versus agencies, I think, have just come to accept that somehow it's just inherent in the model. Um, but I think that they're, they're, that's what's great about this episode. I mean, they're, they're, they're missing the boat here. There's a way to absolutely eliminate churn. And, and, the, and the upside of it is there's a significantly a larger profit margin on the other side of solving for churn. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so how are you typically measuring this at the agency level? Um, how can some of the listeners at home get a sense of, okay, how do I even start measuring my churn, my retention, and figure out if I'm doing well on this or if it's an area I need to be focusing in on? 
Yeah, perfect. So, I mean, for, for me, it, so there's two types of churn, actually. So it's a little more complex, but there's customer churn and revenue churn, right? And so, you know, you what you want to do is actually measure both. And re really, at the end of the day, you can go Google for the best formulas for this. But the idea is really simple. Just on a monthly basis, you know, what percentage of your churn are you, are, are, excuse me, of your revenue or your customers are you losing in any given month? And really trying to understand, you know, and the reason why you measure both is simple. You could have really low revenue churn, but if you have a very high customer uh, revenue concentration under one or two customers, you're creating a big risk for yourself. So if you lose that one customer, you could lose 50% of your revenue, right? That'd be terrible. So you want a nice balance there. Um, now, I, I, you also, it also goes the other direction too. You know, sometimes people could have, let's say higher customer churn amongst a certain type of customer. Maybe they're a low, low dollar customer, or maybe they're somehow the, the customer that you don't want, right? So that can teach you a lot about where you're winning and where you're losing. So you kind of need to look at both. But in, in reality, it's just, hey, on, on any given month, what percentage of my revenue am I losing? What percentage of my customer base am I losing? And, you know, and, and do I think that's good? Do I think that's bad? And how can I improve it? Um, and, and, and at the point even where you improve it to the point where you feel like you can improve it no more, then of the people who still leave, how can I keep those people from ever showing up and getting through the door so that I can really truly find a way to get to almost zero churn? Yeah, I like uh, the approach. I think using revenue churn is probably the, the best way to do this because it does help factor in um, things like customer value and it allows you to segment, I think, a little bit more effectively. So I like that approach. I'm going to ask you an impossible question to answer, but I think in asking that, it'll unpack the dialogue or the thinking around it, which is what is the benchmark for churn for agencies? And of course, there isn't an answer to that. It's going to vary dramatically depending on, to your point, what price points they sell to, what industries they sell to, what is the inherent underlying churn in that industry, how much do businesses open and close in that industry. But do you have some rules of thumb or some things that you've seen in terms of benchmarks or ways of thinking about this that agencies can use to figure out are yeah, I mean, we even I, doing good I, I on think this? That, yeah, so I think that it, like a lot of people can get caught up in the in the articles and the math and all of those things. But you know, outside, I think that when you really think about being an agency, feet on the street, it's about knowing your customer. And back to your point, when someone does leave, it's really about the reason they're leaving, right? So fundamentally churn is I quit. And so the question is, why do you quit, right? And if they say, well, I quit because my business is closing, there's absolutely nothing as an agency you necessarily could have done about that, right? But I think that what I would what I would sort of try to, to figure out really, if you wanna be actionable about, about it, is isolate the things you can control for um, and then also work backwards from the things that, you know, sometimes people will say they quit for one reason or another, but the reality is, is that it, are, are they saying some, one thing and meaning another thing? So I would try to uh, eliminate churn. And in a service business, I think there's a, there's sort of a, a way more of a touch and feel that you can create outside of a software business. So while I, I think that it's hard numerically to lock down for any one person, I would just try to say, hey, I want someone to walk out the door for only the most uncontrollable reasons and everything else, I wanna make sure I eliminate. Yeah, now I want to, before we go any deeper, hook in all the project-based shops that are maybe starting to tune out of this episode or they're scrolling through looking for a different one to listen to thinking this doesn't apply to me because the reality is it does apply to them. How should they be thinking about churn? Um, and because, you know, maybe that's inherently part of the challenge, right? Is that we're treating things like a project and even project-based agencies, they'll have some amount of repeat business. What would you say to them in terms of how to think through retention and churn as a project-based shop? Well, I think that, that what they ought to do is think about how can they amend that to create a recurring revenue base, mm. right? So, yeah, absolutely. In fact, in some ways, I think project-based shops are, have, it, have it right kind of at, 
out of the gate, which is that these high dollar amount concepts are, are periodic in nature, but how can we underpin it with a recurring monthly revenue stream? And I, and I think that's the way I would think about it as a project-based shop is, you know, you want a customer every month, all the time, if you can, even if it's at a significantly lower dollar amount. And we'll talk about this, but there's a lot of technology we can bring to the table. Um, I think it's very, very hard to be a purely project-based shop. I mean, if you look at other tangential uh, businesses, think about MSPs, you know, managed service providers, IT shops used to be all about the break fix, right? Call me when the printer breaks, call me when the computer breaks, project, or call me when you're ready to put in a new, a new uh, office, very much a project-based shop. But that was a very difficult revenue model, and it wasn't until they flipped to more of a recurring revenue model underlying the projects that they were able to really create a lot of profit in their business. So if you're a project-based shop, keep doing what you're doing, but look to add that recurring revenue base, and that's yeah. really gonna help you with your profit margins quite a bit. Yeah, and it's kind of the law as well of, you know, when the pandemic happens and every CEO on the planet pulls out their P&L and starts running down that list and they just start circling the biggest numbers and investigating the transactions behind them and trying to justify oh, them and creating this narrative around whether or not that investment is going to be worthwhile in the next, like the those high numbers are generally the first to get investigated. And so I like that you shared first visibility because ideally if you've done a good job of reinforcing, reinforcing, reinforcing the value, then you're going to be able to weather that storm. But secondly, there is a reality of having large numbers and having the ability to scale that down or downsell people to something that allows them to maintain some results and do that in a way that's leveraged. That, that is an interesting concept for sure. So we've got essentially client communication, communication of value, and then we've got the price point being high. Um, as a potential risk to a lot of the small businesses ideally that are being served in this case. Um, in your mind, what's the framework for addressing those two challenges? Yeah, so I think again, visibility is super important. So on our side, you know, what we try to do is coach people, hey, look, utilize the software to create a revenue-based outcome because it's really hard to argue against that, right? So business owners could say, well, I don't care about likes or I don't even care about leads. Like, you know, we, we run into people all the time who are shocked to find that they will generate tons of leads, hand them off to the customer that, with a big smile on their face, only to find that they get fired five minutes later and they don't, they're like shell-shocked, like what happened, right? And it's because the, the owner looks at the leads and says, well, none of these people came in or none of these people became a customer, you know, and, and, and that inherently leads to the fact that oftentimes people don't follow up with leads and we we automate that and that's something we can talk about. But at the end of the day, if you can show, look, no, 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 listen, dollars through the door, that is a very hard argument for, for somebody to push back on. And it's a great way for you as an agency to, to prove value because that's really why you're hired. Like this is something I, I like to explain all the time. I don't care what your services that you're providing as an agency, the net effect that, that the customer is looking for is money. And if you can tie your results to money, it's very hard to replace you. So I, I personally think that's a massive, massive good place to start. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I think it's about creating some other type of value. And the way we look at the future for agencies is really about being not just a provider of services, but also a provider of technology and, and technology that helps the businesses market their products. And if we look out into the world, how many people are out there buying marketing tech as a small business or a business to try to help push their businesses higher, all of them, but they don't know what they're doing, they don't know how to do it, they're not getting the results they're looking for. So we thought we think that the real future here is having the agency come in, provide not just the service, but also the tech, 
and be able to monetize on both. So yeah. be able to create a recurring revenue stream around the technology. Well, and there's a thread here that I want to pull on. So you talked a lot about um, trying to get closer and closer and closer to real value, which of course is the bottom of the funnel. Yep. But of course, the the challenge with that is the deeper into the funnel you go, the closer to the sale that you get, typically you have less control and you have less visibility. And so um, let's talk about how to close that gap. How can you gain more control and gain more visibility in terms of attribution and measurement and actually being able to automate more of the process, which I think is a really powerful idea because a lot of times we'll set kind of the boundary of what we're responsible for as an agency, just kind of assuming that, well, how could we possibly reach any deeper into our client's business? But I've seen some of the <laughs> right. things that agencies have done with your software, and it has really shifted a lot of my own beliefs about what's reasonable to have in scope in a service offering. Yeah, absolutely. And so first, let's just talk about that sort of like myth, right? Like, it feels good to say, well, of course, we're not responsible for it. And maybe you're not, but that doesn't mean you're not ultimately going to become a victim of that outcome one way or another, right? The, the business owner is uh, very rarely is going to wake up and say, you know what, I blame myself. It is all my fault. I take full responsibility for my inability to follow up with leads, for example, right? That's not going to happen. And so as an agency, what you need to do is come in. So let's first talk about accountability. Right. So being able to drive conversations through the platform and being able to see, hey, when Kelly writes in, you know, uh, when they write out, good morning, Ms. Hansen, have you done this? Have you done that? And she's writing back, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can we, you know, can we get you on a call? Whatever it is, you can see, is your client following up? Right. So you can very quickly see, and I've seen lots of scenarios where people will have really good conversations. The lead will write in, I want to give you my money. And the customer says, Nothing, that's right. So as an agency, you can come in and say, hey, you see right there where they said, I wanna give you my money and you didn't do anything? You need to do something and that's not my fault. That's where you've fallen down and it's very black and white. It's very hard to argue with. And it not only it helps the agency stay with the customer, it also actually helps the customer often realize there's a hole in their business where they need to put some resources in and actually fix that. But to the point of automation, oftentimes you run into customers who would say, well, I wanna follow up with the leads but I'm just not there, right? I'm up on a roof or I'm meeting with a client on a meeting or whatever it might be. So what can we do to help with those? It's really, really, really simple. So it's about using automation and coming in and saying, hey, when we, when we produce leads for our clients, you know what, those leads demand some kind of immediate response. And so imagine the following scenario. Again, this law firm, their workers' compensation law firm, someone reaches out and says, yep, I, you know, I, I got run over by a forklift today at work. I really need to talk to an attorney. And so what we need to do is when they come in, we need to text them, we need to email them, we need to do a, we need to do a phone call out to them, all in service of one thing, trying to get an appointment booked for this law firm with this person. And in their case, they're, you know, they could be on Google, they could be on Facebook, however they found you, they're probably looking at two or three other law firms. So the person who gets back to them first almost always wins because they don't know who the best worker, workers' compensation law firm is in LA. They just know who's paying attention to them. So what we're doing in this case is we're, we're texting them out. Hey, do you have a time? Would you like to book a time today on our calendar? We're emailing them out. Hey, here's a link to book an appointment. And the phone calls are awesome because what we're doing there is we're actually calling the attorney first. If the attorney picks up, it says, hi, you have a new lead from Facebook or Google named Bob Smith press any key to connect. If the lawyer hits the key, we know the lawyer's there. So we dial out to the lead. If the lead picks up, we join the call together. Now, if the lawyer doesn't pick up, we skip that step, we keep moving on. And if they respond back, 
we also stopped this campaign. So let's say you get this text and you immediately write back, sure, I'd love to book an appointment. Well, we stopped the campaign because now we've created the conversation and we can see that response is positive. Sure, I'd like to book. And then we, we can automate the reply all the way through and say, oh, great, here's a link to our calendar, grab a time that works for you. And we're literally putting the appointment at that moment on the calendar of the attorney with zero human interaction. It's pretty phenomenal. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. And I mean, this has been uh, a theme certainly that we've seen is this ebb and flow between um, you know fragmented tool stacks. And I think we're very much in that world right now. The pendulum in the SaaS market seems to swing from, you know, these kind of all-in-ones back to fragmented, back to all-in-one. And right now, it feels like we're in a market where there's a ton of fragmentation. Um, we're definitely in in one of those markets. And so the pitch of coming in and saying, "Hey, <laughs> look at all these tools. Look at your software bill on your, you know, in your accounting software every month. It's three, four, five, six, ten grand a month." that uh, death by a thousand cuts, we can kind of come in and clean all that up <laughs> and provide you with better results. There's probably a compelling story there. I want to dig into the pricing a little bit, Sean. Um, how do you see a lot sure. of your clients pricing on top of this in terms of the software portion versus the services? How are you typically seeing that um, being broken out? Yeah, so we always encourage the same thing. I would tell somebody, look, in the SaaS business, I wouldn't want to charge you know, less than 297 a month. So that's what we tell people to charge. Um, and ultimately the reason why is because invariably there's going to be support that comes with that. People are gonna ask questions. How do I do this and how do I do that? You need to be ready to support that. And as you scale up, imagine someday you have a thousand customers at 297 a month. You wanna have some budget there to hire some customer support people. But what the other big big thing is we do not include, we say do not include it as part of the services. It needs to be its own light item. And in fact, if you want to include it, if that's like you just cannot help yourself, just line out, item it out on the invoice and strike the price. So that way it leaves the door open so that, again, if they do churn on the services, they can keep the software and they know what that price tag is. And we see this all the time. People will have a client come on for six months and then they'll leave them, but they keep the software. They're getting 300 bucks a month for another six months. Then the client wakes up and realizes, wait a second. All these leads and all of this, these results, these aren't magic. These were actually coming from my agency. But since you didn't fire the agency because you're still using them for the software, you just call them back up and say, can we add the services back versus having to put your tail between your legs, legs and come back and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I was an idiot. I can't believe I ever fired you, which no one ever does. It's a totally different shift in the mindset. And the whole time, the agency is racking up this beautiful recurring revenue stream and, and just imagine how we say, if you've been an agency for more than a minute, how many clients have you lost? And if all of those people are still paying you $300 a month, what would that look like, right? And for most people, it would look like the most amazing thing ever. Uh, so it's, it's a huge, huge, huge win across the board. So um, I want to close on getting specific about, you know, there's obviously this idea of using software to leverage 
you know, servicing clients or reselling software to clients is not a new concept in the agency space. But what is reasonably new is a company like yours that is purpose building for that medium, for that distribution channel, as opposed to starting customer first yes. and then essentially looking at agencies as another distribution channel. What have you done that you feel is, is different and, and improves radically the experience for agencies using well, your platform? Super, super simple. And so I love the way you said it. You said it very tactfully, but I think it's more like most people treat agencies like a third wheel and are more interested in robbing them of customers than serving them. And the, the number one thing we've done is we only sell the agencies. It's not like, oh, we also sell the plumbers and lawyers and oh, blah, blah, blah. no, we only sell the agencies. And then within that, we really mean it. We white label the software. So this is Law Hustle. I'm just the agency I'm showing you. Well, the great thing about Law Hustle, right, is that if you go to their login screen, it's app.golawhustle.com. And what you're going to see here is really simple. You're going to see that as an attorney working with Law Hustle, I have no idea high level exists. I'm just going to see Law Hustle all the way through. Their terms and conditions, their URL. When I go to the app, app store on my phone to download the app, I'm going to download the Law Hustle mobile app. I'm not going to download the high level mobile app because here's the number one thing we care about. We never, ever, ever want the client to think that the software powered by high level or provided by high level is somehow magically over here doing all the work. We want the agency to always be front and center. We never want them to know we exist. And so we go to great lengths to make sure that doesn't happen. That is pretty powerful stuff. So essentially you're giving the agency the ability to act as though they've built this entire technology platform and, and it's their IP. And to their customers, that is the experience. At, well, and in fact, actually, more to that point, they can they, it, it it does become part of their IP. So not only can you add on to the platform, so we have the ability to add you know custom left menu items, inject code, all this other stuff. You know, we've actually had people sell their agencies and get a valuation specifically on the software revenue piece because what people often forget is that potential acquiring parties are looking at revenue streams and customers and business. They're not looking 100% at like, oh, is it your code? Because like every, every SaaS founder has to admit, we all use other people's products to power our products. And so this is really functionally no different. So we have had people actually go out and raise money and exit off the back of a recurring software revenue stack built on top of Hilo. That is worth double clicking on for a moment because... Again, being in both the SaaS and the agency space, you and I know the valuations are very different. Um, the very multiples different. might be the same, but one is on EBITDA, the other is on top line. The multiples are drastically yeah. different because they're, if you do them on the same, on the, depending on what That's you do it. them on. But yeah, absolutely. Because you know, where I might be selling a software company for, you know, let's say 8x top line, if I'm doing a million dollars, that's a nine, you know, eight, nine million dollar company. Whereas if I'm doing a million dollars and my profit margin is 20%, then I'm looking at 8X on 200 grand, that's 1.6 million. Those are huge, huge yeah, differences. Yeah, significantly different sale. That's so for sure. that's uh, pretty interesting, especially if you're thinking about uh, gearing up for an acquisition, which I know a lot of our listeners are. Um, so thank you for sharing that. With all of that, if anybody wants yeah, to learn absolutely. more, Sean, about what you're doing at high level, learn more about the tool, learn more about the content that you're producing, where should we send them in the show notes? 
I would definitely go to gohighlevel.com slash podcast. And then after you go there, if you're still looking for more, definitely head over to YouTube and check out the High Level uh, YouTube channel. We've got a ton of great content there that really uh, spans the board. So yeah, that's definitely a great resource as well. All right, so links to all of that in the show notes, everyone. Uh, any final words of advice, Sean, for our listeners today? I would just say, you know, I it is a pleasure to work with agencies. They are phenomenal people. And, if, and it's such a great time to be an agency, in my opinion, because while COVID has brought us many negative things, one of the positive things it brought was a real recognition that technology in, in business at, in, on the marketing side is key. And we see a huge upswing in the adoption there. And a lot of those people have very quickly become wise to the fact that it's not easy to do. So they're really looking for agency. So this is a great time to be in that business. I love it. With that, Sean, thank you so much for making the time to come on, share this with us. Absolutely. And, uh, for everyone listening at home, leave us a comment wherever you're listening to this. Let us know what you learned. Let us know what questions you've got. We always love hearing from you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Hi, everyone. If you're listening to this on the audio-only version of the podcast, you should know that there were some visuals shared during this episode that will be available on our YouTube channel. So make sure you head on over and check out the YouTube video if you want to see some of the fancy things that Sean shared on his screen during Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
interview.